1: It happens but you can stop mother nature whether you're just starting to develop erectile dysfunction symptoms or are suffering from chronic ed call metro men's health skip the pills and injections they're only temporary and lose effectiveness over time metro men's health treats the root cause of ed lack of blood flow so it works long term metro men's health uses the most advanced and clinically proven wave therapy on the market to actually repair aging blood vessels and restore them to a younger you. Get your spontaneity and your confidence back with safe, effective treatment from Metro Men's Health. Visit MetroMensHealth.com or call 833-687-0700. Don't let ED get worse. Call Metro Men's Health today. 833-687-0700. 687
2: 700 Well, here we are. We're at Part three of our interviews from CPAC last week. On this episode, we'll have Carla DeDessi, Karen Lips, and Chad Prather. And we'll, I guess, have some closing thoughts on what went on at CPAC and some other things. And also talk a little bit about Captain Marvel that will be released this weekend as well. And I guess maybe some other things, given I have a little more time to talk with you all fine people. So all this on this episode of Trenchette.
3: ways of america here's the podcast where we talk politics a little entertainment some culture and this and that from the road to your ears this is trend chat with your host brian bledsoe
2: all right all right this is trend chat i'm your host brian bledsoe and if you want to connect with us whether on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat, it's all the same name, TrendChat twenty four seven. Oh, okay, no. Nope. I'm gonna let it play just a little bit in the background, just so I don't know, do something do something a little different. But um yeah, I mean <laughs> maybe to breathe a little bit because uh last episode was if <laughs> if you didn't hear, shame on you for not listening to the last episode but um yeah last episode was just so packed and so i was really rushing getting make sure i got everything out and so yes i can just excel and just you know give my thoughts together and make sure i at least have something to say but as i said we definitely have the last couple of interviews from cpac that we're going to get to but i guess before we get into the interviews at least one or two of them first um one thing i did want to mention is um so i think well i posted on i think on facebook and that you know i posted about basically about meeting people for the first time especially people that you uh, just know from social media and i was asking the question so when you meet someone that you're just friends with on social media especially you know especially if you meet for the first time do you bring up information do you bring up things from their profile or or from their page or whatnot and i asked that question because mainly because coming from cpac i think everyone had those situations i don't know maybe i'm the weird one i don't know maybe it's just me but i know for me i, I have, i've really kind of toned down my my way of introducing myself or even how i even i guess um hold, how the conversation goes when i'm talking to someone especially for the first time because i i, I don't know like i said i guess i'm the weird one in this but <laughs> um if let, let me pull like this so if i if We're friends on Facebook, especially or like or anything on social media, and when I say on social media i'm I'm more so talking about my personal pages um the so like when I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I said like trenchat, so trenchat has its own social media accounts and and you know follow those as well, like I said Facebook instagram Twitter snapchat it's all at trenchat twenty four seven but I'm also but I'm talking about right right now as far as more so the personal ones and so when i i guess when i accept someone let me just put that way just to kind of catch catch all the the platforms so if i accept someone as a friend or whatever uh, a lot of times if i do that it's because i've one read your profile (laughs) have looked over it (laughs) because i don't just accept anyone because i'm I'm not into just uh, adding a bunch of people just to say I have uh, five thousand friends because that's the limit on Facebook or you know whatever number on Twitter, Instagram, whatever. So for me, I tend to look over your profile and I'll see if um. So I don't want to get into details as far as like I guess I guess one thing I'll mention. So like on Facebook if um uh, well one if we have mutual friends for one all right i'll give a look at it now if we have over 100 200 300 mutual friends i might just skim over the profile real quick and just confirm it cuz nine times out of 10 i'm, I'm you know guess you you cool <laughs> um but under that then i tend to look at your profile see one why are you even requesting <laughs> Um, and and stuff like that so but anyway just to say okay so now i accepted you as a friend and whatnot and then so hopefully we'll be you know we'll be interacting with one another or whatever like that and so let's say for instance a an event like cpac comes across and we're both going to be there whatever and so i have noticed (laughs) before that we're sometimes like if I'm at an event and I see someone that kind of looks like someone that I know from social media, um, <laughs> I have a, well, kind of a funny story about that, but I'm not going to get into that. Long story short, I thought it was someone, but it wasn't. And so it was very, it was real awkward saying, Hey, so-and-so. And then turn to find out it wasn't, it just someone that really looked like them. And so, yeah, that was, yeah, that was weird. But, um, when I actually, actually meet, meet someone, <laughs> Who um actually is actually the person that put that way, <laughs> and I notice sometimes when I'm, I guess in the that initial conversation, I I notice I've maybe revealed too much, <laughs> where I I ask about stuff about their profile or ask about um maybe about their job or whatever like that or ask about uh, other things maybe um. Just, just things that are in their profile. So it's not like I, it's not like I'm being a uh, private investigator and finding some private. It, it's on the profile. So to me, I feel like I thought that's cool. I mean, you posted it. So, but um one I've noticed that that tends to, I don't know. I guess it takes people by surprise. I, I, hey, I'm sorry. I guess. I'm the weird one because I actually read your profile as opposed to just you know liking pics or liking posts and just moving on. But I don't know, and and so now I'm a little more reserved. I kind of just half time I don't even like approach too many people, mainly because I didn't want that situation to happen before <laughs> what happened. But also it just I don't know. It's the social social awkwardness for me where I just don't, I kind of just eh, don't know really uh, the social cues to not take the conversation too far. So nine times out of ten, I just don't say anything at all. <laughs> and I, I could say I'm learning to just right now just kind of just say hello and then just walk away basically (laughs) even if we've been like chatting or whatever throughout social media and you know even if to me i feel like i I could have a longer conversation i was like no i'm just gonna say hello and say hey nice to meet you and then walk off (laughs) so yeah so that's i don't know i wrote that I guess I asked that question on Facebook earlier this week. It just that was that was the reason why, and so yeah. Now another thing I was thinking about is the fact that one you just heard me laugh a minute ago, and it, it reminded me of a podcasting session that was going on at CPAC last week, and they they had a lot of great tips and information to to help you grow your podcast, which I hope to use in the next year or so. And two of the people on the panel have been on the show, Beverly Hallberg and um, uh, uh, Chris Malagisi. Make sure I said that right. But they've been on the podcast before and they were part of a panel at CPAC talking about, you know, how to help take your podcast to the next level. So, but one of the things (laughs) that uh, one of the panelists mentioned is that, if you can try to make sure you have t- two people for your podcast, and if you can avoid doing it solo, try to do that. And I, when I first heard that, I was like, "Well, I guess that's not <laughs> doesn't really work for me because I'm a truck driver. I'm on the road." Now we've tried to get a, I guess like not a a regular, I guess co-host or. I guess we tried to have maybe have someone on at least once a month to talk about things and maybe talk about what's been going on in the past couple of weeks. We tried a couple of times. It haven't really worked out. Well, obviously it hasn't worked out because we haven't, <laughs> we're not doing it, but, um, not to say that we're not open to it because I am, but it's funny right now. We're kind of having technical difficulties, <laughs> like when it comes to calls, because as far as trying to record and everything, record someone that's calling in, that's have become a, a bit of an issue. But, <clears throat> nevertheless, we're still open for that if if um, anyone's listening and want to. So, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, well, I, I, I'm, I'm doing it solo. And the one reason why they mention it is because kind of one of the things I've been doing, actually, is... If someone is doing a, a a podcast solo and they're talking, so you, you think that <clears throat> okay, well, this person person just talking to themselves. And then it, well, another thing that they said is that if the person is you know laughing at their own jokes, it kind of sounds weird, especially if they know you're doing it by yourself. And Okay, this is episode one hundred and twenty. Well, not one hundred and thirty-two. And yeah, if this is the first podcast you heard of Trent Chat, yes, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that will laugh at his own joke. Um, mainly, in this case, there's no one else to laugh. But even if even if someone was across from me right now, I still be laughing. So it, the way I am doing this podcast will be no different. If someone else was on the other side, don't know if that, what that says about me, but hey, that, that's what it is. So it just, you know, it would, that kind of reminded me of that session that happened. um, And like I said, I'm hoping to use all the tools and the tips that I heard in that session. And hopefully we will take our podcast to the next level. Like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, we have a goal for the next year. We want to be nominated for something. Don't know what it is, but I, I just want to see podcast, uh, some, my podcast nomination for something. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I don't even know how you even do all that, but it's good to set a goal. So, that's a goal we're going to set. Now, we're going to go ahead and get started with our before we before I get more into a rant about about that. Yeah, cuz I want to make sure we have enough time for everyone. So, we're going to go ahead and go right into our first interview, which is also will be followed up with a special announcement at the end of this. So, our first guest will be Carla the desi now see i didn't say it right just now but hey wait till you listen to this interview i said it right then so without further ado here's Carla. Trent chat here at cpac and we are very pleased to have Carla the desi with us yeah, Desi, name right? You
4: said it right, De Desi. Hey, I'm right just going to hey, yeah.
2: keep it real. I'm just going to make sure I get I think you might
4: be a little Italian. I don't know.
2: No, I, actually, I'll be honest with you. I've been practicing. So ever since I knew I was going to interview you, I just started going through clips. and like, all right, make sure it's the Desi. The Desi, okay.
4: Excellent. You got it.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, so I said again, call it Desi, who is the founder of Culture for Life, or oh, Culture of Life. How are you doing?
4: I'm doing really well. Thank you so much for interviewing me, and thank you so much for everything that you're doing to make America great again. That's so cliché, but that is what I mean.
2: Well, that kind of goes into a question I have later on, but first I want to ask, so what is Culture of Life?
4: Culture of Life 1972 is a fashion brand that was started by me and my three daughters. We felt very marginalized in the fashion industry because there were a lot of fashion brands and fashion companies that were doing things that we thought were anti-American, anti-life, and anti-family, whether it was messaging on their t-shirts, whether it was key spokespersons that they were hiring to represent their brands, or whether we knew that they were giving millions of dollars donating to Planned Parenthood so we didn't feel healthy wearing a certain brand knowing that our money was going to support Planned Parenthood which goes directly against my core principles so my girls my daughters and I joked and said that I was either going to have to start sewing clothes which is a really bad idea Brian I'm really good with a glue gun but I don't sew very well or we were going to have to start our own fashion line and it was a joke for a while because we were boycotting we're big boycotters so we were boycotting a lot of clothing stores and apparel lines. So I guess last year, kind of Providence brought everything together for us, and it became a reality that we could really be launching a fashion line. So like Good Italian Families, we were eating. That's where we do a lot of our problem-solving, and we decided that we were going to launch a fashion brand that was going to message positive, life images. We chose COL 1972, which stands for Culture of Life 1972. As you may or may not know, 1972 was the last year that we enjoyed a culture of life in the United States of America. 1973, Roe v. Wade came in and the Supreme Court ruled that our tiniest people did not have the right to life. And since that moment in time, 60 million people have not had the right to life. They have been denied the right to life in the United States of America so when you go to Cole 1972.com you are just going to see a life tribe that loves life we're just like you are we ski we play tennis we have fun we hang out we drink coffee we like to look amazing life is glamorous life is beautiful life is always in style we don't want to talk about all the death that is happening on the other side. We want to point every kid to life is our mission.
2: I know one thing in just the name being a culture of life and the thing about it, I would just say, unfortunately, especially in the last couple of weeks or a couple of months with whether it's the bills that were passed in New York and um, in Vermont and then with the uh, born alive act that just uh, that. That didn't pass. I mean, I guess I I want to ask, what are your thoughts on on that? It's shocking. It's devastating. It rocks
4: your soul to the core because the United States of America has always considered itself civilized, and we are not a civilized country anymore. If we allow the state of New York to do infanticide, late-term abortions, these are babies that can live viably outside of the mother at 24 weeks. That's a fact, At 40 weeks, he is allowing moms to choose death for their children. And by the way, in the state of New York, it doesn't have to be an abortionist that does this infanticide procedure. It can be a midwife, nurse practitioner, physician's assistant. Brian, why not a dentist? Why not a chiropractor? Why not me? They are trying to. Well, they are celebrating. They're not trying to. They are celebrating death, right? Cuomo wore a pink tie, pink champagne. They lit up the uh, tra- the twin, ta- twin towers are not there anymore. The trade center, pink. They are. They're not just pro death anymore. The Democrats have come out celebrating death we have never seen such a contrast in our country between the Democrats and the Republicans you just brought up a really good the bill that was shot down two days ago the um, infant born alive bill it's HR 962 I believe I might have that number wrong just Google it but they are now saying that when a baby is born and the abortion is botched which means that the baby has life Every Republican voted that the baby should be allowed to live. We should do everything to allow the baby to live. Every Democrat, except for three, voted for death of the child. It's shocking. It's barbaric. Every American deserves better than this. We are better than this.
2: Now, this I don't, is not
4: Nazi Germany.
2: I, was saying, I didn't want to interrupt you, but also in, those, in the ones that voted um, against it, were some, were, were all of the Democratic, you know, uh, presidential supposed candidates yes. as well.
4: So. Yes. And I think it's amazing that this was not an anonymous vote that they made, we know who voted for and who voted against. And so you bring up a really valid point. I think that in 2020, this is going to be an enormous issue. And it's not about abortion anymore, right? This is now about infanticide. This is now about a baby that is on the table that was delivered and can have life, but they're saying, well, the mom doesn't want it, so we're going to let it die. This is preposterous. We should be choosing life every single solitary time. We want to leave a legacy of life. Sometimes it's the really hard decision that is the right decision. And let me tell you, this there's no gray area with a baby that is being delivered on the table that is gasping for life. There, there's no gray area here. This is right or wrong. And the right thing is to allow that child life.
2: Yeah, I'm, it's, um, it's been disheartening is almost not even a word. It's, 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 it's excre- extremely saddening as far as what's been going on with, with everything. Yeah. Even. And, um, now I guess to get on more of a happier note. So I guess to ask more about culture of life. So, um, what you're looking to us, uh, to achieve with, uh, with everything.
4: So, and I think that you also brought up a real, another valid point. You said, you know, let's get back to happiness. I really do believe that despite this gargantuan, terrible, deplorableness that's happening with life, it has created so many conversations, and I believe that the left's insanity with life is going to bring people over to our life tribe. Because America is not ready for this. America never wants this. We're better than this. Let's talk about winning. Texas just defunded Planned Parenthood in the state of Texas. You know that Trump just, with um, the Mexico policy, our tax dollars are not going overseas to do abortions anymore. That's a huge win. Um, we have two pro-life candidates to the Supreme Court. That's huge. They're going to be there for the next 40, maybe 50 years defending life. So let's get to culture of life 1972, our apparel line. Again, I feel like the other side since 1973 has done an excellent job of stealing the narrative for life, right? Um, instead of calling themselves pro-death, pro-abortion, that's more realistic. Pro-abortion. They use the word pro-choice. Well, who, nobody has a choice. Um, are they choosing adoption? No, it's abortion that they're choosing. It's pro-abortion. So we are trying through Cole 1972 to steal back the narrative, to reclaim the life language. That's why you'll hear me say that I'm part of the celebration of Life Tribe. Pro-life is too weak for me. I'm not just pro-life. I'm not just for life. I celebrate all life. I love life. Life is glamorous, like I said. It is every breath, every day. It's a miracle. And I sincerely believe that if we could get every kid... The way that the left does when they're five, six, seven. Remember, Planned Parenthood is trying to get into our kids' elementary schools. They're already in the elementary schools in California. If we could get our kids five, six, 10, 12, 15 to understand that all life is worth living, period, full stop, then wouldn't it be amazing if when a young girl finds herself pregnant at 12, 13, 14, the circumstances are less than ideal? They think, I can do this. It's going to be hard, but this nine months of my life, nine months, that's like 1% of their life. Because let's say that a kid lives to be 78, 80 years old. That's over 800 months. We're asking for just nine months that you choose life. And if you decide not to keep this child, you want to give it up for adoption, foster care. We are here to come around you, support you in life. The other side doesn't talk about that. We There's nine million of us, you know. We did the numbers, right? We said, if we're gonna launch this Fashion for Lifeline, who's gonna buy it? Are there really families like us out there that exist? In the United States of America, there's 18 million teens, tweens, young millennials. I'm talking about the Gen Zs, the Gen Xers. And out of them, you're gonna find this very encouraging. Nine million do identify as being pro-life, nine million. Well you would never know that because the mainstream media never gives us any time and I think that they're fearful also. I think they're closet pro-lifers. And so, again, we're just hoping that cool1972.com brings everybody out of the closet, links arm, and we are proud to be for life. I have have one of our pieces on right now. It's cool, right? It's very comfortable. It's fashionable. It's not just a merch line. Like, we want you to wear it with your leather pants or your leather skirt or your leather jacket or your ripped jeans. Again, making life cool because it is.
2: (laughs) So do you have any men's, sirs?
4: We do, yes. <laughs> oh, gosh, I said I should have brought you some stuff. Um... Let's connect tomorrow, and I'll give you a baseball hat. So we have dad hats for the guys, and we have hoodie sweatshirts for the guys. And in our spring line, we're going to have a T-shirt for you guys. Guys are definitely a lot slower. We're very inspired by the girls. I'm a mom of three girls. That kind of fashion is way more fun for me, but we absolutely do have guys stuff. And we also are launching a curve collection, curvy collection, because um, right now we have smaller sizes, and we are getting a ton of people that are saying we would like larger sizes so we're happy to do that but we invite everybody to be a part of our tribe you know follow us on call 1972 official that's where we are on twitter facebook youtube instagram we're always doing flash sales giveaways um we love to connect with you it's me or my daughters that are connecting with you so because we want to know our tribe we want to know you guys
2: well carla thanks so much for your time
4: thank you so much thank you for everything that you're doing god bless you
2: Yep, and thanks to Carla for joining us. And as I mentioned, the special announcement is that Trinchette is going to be an ambassador for Culture of Life. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. So, um, yeah, so, C O L, 1972.com, And so if you go on there, as you just heard from Carla uh, about the website and it's about everything that they're doing, not going to reiterate that today. I'm not going to. I will in the future. So if you go on to COL, you know, Cole, COL1972.com. And if you like what you see, I surely hope you will. I think you will. And right now, if I'm not mistaken, right now everything is fifty percent off. But if you want an extra ten percent off of that fifty, then you put in the promo code in that promo code box. You put in Trend Chat, and you get an extra ten percent off. And so we are very proud to to be a partner with Culture of Life, and we'll be. You know, we'll have some other things coming out in the future and showing, um, you know, as she mentioned in the interview. So that that happened basically right after the interview where we basically said, you know, let's go ahead and partner up. And so that was the start of, of all that. And just wanted to wait until I actually had her on to make that announcement. So so again, along with 1776 United dot com and com. now we will have cole dot C-O-L, 1972.com so those are the three we'll be mentioning and i'm pretty sure we're gonna probably stop <laughs> at three i don't see because if we keep going the whole podcast would be nothing but just <laughs> but that <laughs> and which you know i want you to go out and go to these websites and and check them out and I'm, you know, like I said, you're going to like it. If you, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you will like all these um, products and shirts and hats and everything that I wear myself. And I'm going to do more with that. Actually. I took some pictures with, uh, with some of the, uh, hats and shirts and all that. And so I can actually have, more than just one picture you've been seeing the whole time whenever i whenever an episode comes out so i can have some diversity as far as uh, different graphics i guess but that's you know that's behind the scenes stuff you don't care and plus we got more interviews to get to so our next interview is with karen lips with the network of enlightened women and if you don't remember a couple of episodes ago we talked with caroline hakes who was one of the contributors to a book called she's conservative. And if you haven't listened to that episode, shame on you, shame, shame, you know, just like game of Thrones. I think that just about to start back up. So yeah, shame. If you have not seen that or we're not seeing, well, if you've seen it, you saw it on, on YouTube, if you saw it, <laughs> but any other time you would have heard it. So hopefully you have heard that episode Anyway, I'm ranting way too long. Let's get on to the interview with Karen. Hello, this is Trent at CPAC, and we are very pleased to have the founder and president of the Network of Enlightened Women, Karen Lips.
3: It's great to be with you. So,
2: first thing I guess, for people that maybe, maybe not know, what is, I guess you could say new,
3: what is that? Uh, new is how we're known, um, the Network of Enlightened Women. We're the nation's premier organization for conservative university women. We are organized as women's leadership organizations, so chapters on different college campuses across the nation. Um, and in addition to that, we have a great suite of programs uh, to recruit people into the conservative movement. So our national conference in the summer in Washington, D.C. We have our hashtag, She's Conservative campaign in the fall. And then right now, we're in the middle of our gentleman showcase, the campaign to promote and honor young gentlemen.
2: Okay, and. Now, you mentioned She's Conservative, and I remember there is a book called She's Conservative, and it was like it's a collection of essays from, from different, you know, college campuses. So I guess tell us a little bit about that.
3: Exactly. So we recently published a book entitled She's Conservative, Stories of Trials and Triumphs on America's College Campuses. And this book shares the stories of 22 young women who've been involved with NEW and describes what their experience was as conservative women on campus and then how they've overcome those challenges. So it's really an inspirational book, um, recruiting more women into conservatism and showcasing um, that these women are awesome women that are conservative and proud of it. And so more women should speak out as conservatives. Um, it's one of the things we find with our women is they often feel very alone on their college campuses. So this is a great way to combat that.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had Caroline Hates a couple of months ago to talk about the book and talk about her particular essay. And so, I guess, what was the, I guess, the, the inspiration in as opposed to to putting all these stories together?
3: The inspiration was that we sensed among um, young women, particularly college women, that they felt like they couldn't speak up as conservatives, that if you were a liberal woman, you could speak out and claim to represent all women and that your views were valid. Yet if you were a conservative woman, you felt silence. And so we thought, we know so many incredible young women. Let's showcase them to inspire other women to speak out. And one of the things I found in the book is that um, a number of the women started their their essays by saying that before they even stepped on campus, they had decided that they were going to silence themselves because they were worried as conservatives that they wouldn't make friends, right? And they worried about grades. And they just worried that their views would be a major problem to their success on campus. And to me, that's a real problem.
2: Yeah. I mean, what the... With the book that's been out and, I mean, how long has it been out so far?
3: Oh, just a couple months. Okay.
2: So, uh, well, how can people get um, get their hands on it? Yeah,
3: they can get it on our website, which is www.enlightenedwomen.org or go to our website, or sorry, we've already been on our website, or go to Amazon and they can um, search for it on Amazon and find it there and order it.
2: I just want to make sure you say it now because I'm going to ask again at the end, but I just want to make sure people really get, you know, get there so they can find it. So Thank you but, so much. Uh, I know recently you just did a panel here at CPAC, so what was that about?
3: Yeah, we just had a panel on free speech on campus. Um, and it was a great discussion of the challenges that um, college students face. Uh, different, uh, different topics came up from free speech zones, right? So on some of these campuses now, the campus administrators designate a zone where you're allowed to have free speech, which in some ways is so odd, right? Like, I'm, like this whole country should be a place that celebrates free speech, not a, an area that's designated on campus. Um, one of the panelists mentioned um, that there's actually a free speech gazebo at one university, um, so yeah, that wow. that was interesting. <laughs> yes, um, and then talked about you know some activism and really encouraged the audience um, to stand up for intellectual diversity on campus because it doesn't only benefit conservatives to have more conservative views on campus. It also benefits liberals because then they engage on the issues and they sharpen their arguments and and how they engage. So it's, I think it's really better for all of us on campus.
2: So with the organization as a whole, how um, how's the reception been, whether on on campus or just in general?
3: It's been a little frustrating at the beginning, from the beginning, um, when the women's groups on the left um, were so opposed to it getting started. And I think that's because they've had a mon- monopoly on being the women's voice. And so that's why it's awesome to see all these dynamic conservative women get involved with NEW and speak out and challenge that. Um, and so now we are challenging that, and it's awesome, it's just awesome to see.
2: So the theme here for CPAC, um, well, I'm guessing, given that I see it on all the banners, is uh, what makes America great? So I'm guessing it's a question that they want me to ask. So let me ask you. So what makes America great?
3: We can have a long discussion about. that. There are so <laughs> many things that make this country great, and one of the... One of the things that I will mention as somebody who runs a women's organization is the women's rights that we have in this country. Um and the freedom that we have to build the lives we want to build and pursue the lives we want to build um is something that I think we should celebrate.
2: Once again, let everyone know against social media where can they find new and everything?
3: They can find us on our website, enlightenedwomen.org, on Twitter uh, at new network, on Instagram uh at, at enlightened women and on Facebook at, at Enlightens Women as
2: well. All right. Well, Karen, thank you so much for your time.
3: Yeah, thank you for having me.
2: Hello, Trend Chat fans. The Founding
4: Project invites you to experience our latest resource to take civics to citizens, TFP's new website. Visit us at www.thefoundingproject.com. Be a part of the civics movement with The Founding Project. The Founding Project is a 501c3
1: education nonprofit. Join us today. This is Dana Lash, and you're
3: listening to Trend Chat.
2: thanks to Karen for joining us and yeah, like i said that was um we had a uh, Caroline on a couple episodes ago and so really good to have Karen on to talk more about about the book and look forward to any um i guess future uh books maybe it's something else maybe coming out coming out i don't know yet uh, i heard maybe there may be another book on the way. So look forward to that. Hopefully we'll get someone uh, to talk about, about it then whenever sometime in the future. So our last interview is with Chad Prather. Now on top of the interviews I've done for, you know, for a trench at CPAC last week, I also was part of some interviews and some of that was with blaze TV filmed a couple of clips for a couple of uh, i think about three or f- yeah about three or four here or there and i, I don't know I, I didn't haven't seen them and so we got a chance to get a couple of minutes with chad to talk about basically what we've been been talking about with everyone else and just talk about his new show Humor me and also uh, some uh, other things that i personally was very interested in so without further ado Here's Chad. Hello, this, Hello, is, this Trent. is Chad at CPAC. And we are very pleased to have Chad Prater with us. He is a TV host, comedian, all around, just good guy. How you doing?
0: It's true, I am a good dude. I keep telling people all the time how good I am, and they never want to believe me.
2: <laughs> so, it, well, let me first ask, um, is this your first CPAC? Have you been here a couple times? Yeah, I've been here
0: before. Uh, this is fun. It's almost like a family reunion. You know, you come out here and you see folks that you haven't seen all year long or is the people that you keep up with on Twitter, you know, and you get, you get to see them in the flesh. And uh, it's always a fun time because everybody out here just it reminds you that uh, we live in a pretty great country.
2: So recently you um, started a, a show or yeah. a podcast on Blaze Media, is that correct?
0: Yeah, we did. Uh, so, we, you know, we were CRTV, CRTV birds with Blaze TV. And so we got a show called Humor Me. And then we also have the Chad Prather Show podcast, which we took from one episode a week up to four episodes a week. So we're we're running our mouth a lot
2: on these shows but we're having a blast doing it. So it's more it's like a podcast or it's just like the
0: the, the humor the humor me show, you know, cuz I am a touring comedian. I'm all over the country with my Star Spangled Banter comedy tour. Do about 100 shows across the country a year. And I said there's just no way to add uh anything else to my schedule and they said, "Well, here's an idea. Let's just put the camera guys and producers on the road with you and let's just make the show as you go." And I said, okay, well, that's kind of fun. So it's an opportunity for people to kind of look at some issues in culture and politics and life that everybody deals with from a humorous perspective, but it makes a point. And you kind of get to be a fly on the wall in our life. So it's it's, it's, a, it's an interesting little perspective.
2: So being on tour and, you know, doing comedy, I, I can just imagine, I mean, how is the reception when you bring up, when you, I guess, when they found out that you're not a liberal, I guess. Well, you know,
0: we have some. We, from time to time, we'll have venues and promoters that don't want to do shows with us simply because we're conservative, and so many folks in the world of theater lean left. And uh, but we come into the shows, and, and folks, man, I, you know, we have fans that drive from hours to get to these shows. I, I head to Seattle, Washington tomorrow, which of course is a hotbed and a seedbed of, of, of liberal you know, mindset, but we sell out when we get there because these folks, they'll drive in. They're so happy that somebody with a conservative viewpoint is willing to come in and, and give them some common sense comedy and make them laugh and tell them stories, remind them that America is a pretty great place. And uh, it's interesting. We've done that in Portland, Oregon. We've done it in San Francisco, New York. I mean, all these things. And and it reminds you that conservatives are everywhere.
2: I guess speaking on what you just mentioned, the theme for CPAC is what makes America great? Yeah. And I'm, I've been asking everyone. So, for you, in your opinion, what makes America
0: great? Well, I've been all over the world. I spent a lot of time in a lot of third world countries, and you don't have to spend a lot of time out of this country to realize how blessed we are with liberty, uh, the ability to speak your mind, the opportunity to defend yourself, um, the, the 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 beauty of freedom, and and the and the equality of opportunity regardless of race, gender, and it, it, it's you know you look at situations like that and you remind that at the end of the day, we're blessed. And, and, you know, I tell people, it doesn't matter what statistics say. I know we're the greatest country on the planet because we got tens of thousands of people lined up at the border trying to get in here, and we can't get a single celebrity to leave. So that ought to tell you, it's a pretty good place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's exactly true. Still on tour.
0: Oh, Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're all across the country. We're doing, so we're, a lot of cities we're going back to for the second time. So now we're doing the Star Spangled Banter State of the Union tour, which is fun because I always say if Washington, D.C. is going to keep writing the jokes, I'm going to keep telling them. So we have, you know, we have crazy politicians, crazy headlines. The world has just absolutely, you know, we have everybody on the left who's, who's running for office these days, all these folks coming out to run for president. They're just trying to out-radicalize each other. They're trying to see how far left they can go and, and I, you know, I miss good old fashioned liberals. I, I miss good old fashioned Democrats. Now we got leftists, and they can call themselves progressive, but it's it's they're they're regressing back into barbaric behavior. It's crazy. But we're on tour, yet yeah, and and we always encourage people to come out and see us. We're always coming to a city near you because we're we're literally in every state.
2: Okay, now. All right. All of that was for the podcast. Now, this question
0: is strictly for me. I'm a wrestling fan. Yeah. And I heard that you're
2: friends with Undertaker. I am friends with
0: the Undertaker. <laughs>
2: How is that like?
0: So I told – I told, we were in Vegas together a couple weeks ago, and, and Mark Calloway, the Undertaker, he's a good buddy, and uh, he's a mess. He's – he's you know, he looks all serious. He's intimidating, but he's one of the funniest guys out there, and he's real easy to talk to and spend time with. But I told him, I said, we are sitting there having a cigar and a whiskey one night, and I said, I said, Taker – I think I'm going to just punch you in the face. Just, He said, I better not find out about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, no. I just, just want
0: to know what it was like to punch the undertaker. Oh. So, it, yeah, that dude, he's great,
2: man. Yeah, I mean, because I, I heard it, I think oh, I forgot, somewhere, man, and I heard it. So you're friends with Undertaker I'm like, oh really? Okay. Yeah. And I like if I ever get chance to talk with Champ I'm gonna ask about that. But I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna talk about
0: Undertaker. Undertaker. Dustin Rhodes, all those guys. I mean, yeah, they're, they're good buddies. They uh uh Mark Calloway the Undertaker, he's a mess.
2: Now are you are you yourself any or uh, wrestling fan at all or Yeah, I was when
0: I was a kid. And my great grandmother used to she she got she was ready to wrestle you if you ever told her it was fake. She she's like, No it's not, man, but I grew up in Augusta, Georgia, which was like fort worth texas it was kind of a a center point for the development of wrestling back in the day and so you know we had the Augusta civic center which is now the james brown auditorium they used to have the wrestling matches there all the time it was great and uh, we had a blast
2: well yeah like i said that little part was for me because i just had to ask that but thank you you so much for your time yeah man thank you brother yep and thanks everyone for joining us that's it i guess we're gonna talk about Captain marvel but hey maybe next (laughs) next week chat with you later
0: That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church VA 844-759-7732.
2: So then I dropped some garlic and croutons on there, and the rest is salad history. I made the best salad ever, people. And now I'm making the best app. The Caesar Sportsbook app got live in-game betting, parlays, and season rewards. Caesar salad ain't got nothing on my app. Nothing! must be 21 gambling problem call text or chat 1-888-532-3500
1: download the caesar sportsbook app your app is ready emperor